welcome to There Are Other Ways, conversations about living life a little differently. This is a podcast for people keen to explore less well-trodden paths in life. I'm Fiona Barrows, a business mentor who helps creatives make their online businesses work. Hello and welcome back. Um, This week's guest is Becky Avery from Hazel and Blue. Becky is a candle maker who hand pours her gorgeous, sustainable and eco-friendly soy wax candles in her Wiltshire studio. We've been friends for a little while now, having met on Instagram, as you'll hear in our conversation. And when I emailed Becky about being on this podcast, I said that I really wanted us to have a proper nitty-gritty business conversation. Becky has grown Hazel and Blue over the last few years, from selling in local markets while working for the NHS full-time, to being a not-on-the-high-street partner and sold in many shops around the southwest we talked about how she has done this the trend towards kits and things you can make yourself how social media doesn't come naturally to her and running a business in your own way there is some interference on becky's audio um i tried to take it out in post-production um but wasn't very successful um you can still very much hear what she says though so please do just bear with it right on to our conversation Cornwall haven't you? Yes it was amazing um, we managed to get to Cornwall um, a couple of weeks ago it was really last minute but we just needed to get away um, yeah. yeah no it was brilliant it was perfect. Yeah I think we were we were just saying before we started recording how you know I obviously had my holiday in Wales and you know like this it, it, there's just something about a change of scene that has just been really necessary. Yes um, yeah it was it was just like every night we would have a hot tub and we'd all get in there and have a chat and it was just lovely so we're very lucky we could get away so yeah yeah it sounds it sounds idyllic (laughs) um so let's um so if anyone who sort of hasn't come across you or hazel and blue before would you mind just sort of introducing yourself and saying a little bit about about what you do yeah for sure um so i'm becky and i have a business called hazel and blue and we make uh, soya candle making kits and soya candles and sort of other eco-friendly scented products. And yeah. And they're very lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I came across you when I bought, um, I think cause I bought one, your, um, your stock dinner shop in Foom. Um, and I bought one as a post, did you say postpartum gift? Is that what you call it? For yes, one of my yep. friends who just had a baby and I was kind of, I bought something for the baby and something for her. And I bought your um, sea salt and wood candle, I think. Yes, I remember that. It was, um, I remember talking to you on Twitter, actually. It was some, ah. it, was some it was something, it was some sort of event. And you're like, oh, hi, Becky. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm stocked in at the Y Gallery in the that's Foom. There. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Among other places. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, how, why Hazel and Blue? Where did the name come from? Yeah, so the name came from, it's a bit woo-woo really, but um, it sort of worked out well because it's actually come from the colour of my children's eyes. So my son has hazel eyes and my daughter has blue eyes. So um, because when I was setting up the business, I think I spent too long thinking about the name. And then I thought, "You you know what, this is all about the children. And this was a business that I wanted to create a lifestyle around them. So I called it Hazel and Blue. And then 
obviously the company evolved and we love to make things that are eco-friendly and also like hazel's the color of trees and nature mm. and, and like blue is the sky and so yeah so that's where the name yeah it works yeah. it works really nicely and um why did you decide to set up the business um because you were working for the nhs is that right yeah so um it started off as a hobby really but if i was being honest i think i wrote about this um on my blog um i've always had this burning desire to have my own business and i don't know i mean i have no idea where it came from but i always wanted to have something that i created Mm. and i remember in my 20s and 30s i would try like think of all these different products i could sell and 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 do but nothing really came to anything i think the children were young or my career was doing really well as a nurse and i think the timing just wasn't right Mm. um i think that the closest i got was in my 30s when I actually taught myself to sew and I bought a sewing machine and I was making like all these pouches and peg bags and things like that. And I was buying these ribbons to put on these beautiful ribbons and I fell in love with ribbons and I thought, Oh, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to open up a ribbon shop. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a name, you know, it was called the little ribbon room. Oh, but really again, nice. yeah. But then, um, yeah, I think my career was just doing really well and I was juggling the kids and the house and it, the timing just wasn't, wasn't right. So yeah. So, um, when, uh, I decided, I think it was in the summer, it was a couple of years ago. I think that's what it was. Um, I was coming up to 40 actually I was 39 and I had a couple of months convalescing I'd had an operation and um it was on my 40th birthday around that time I remember thinking gosh Becky is this it you know you're 40 are you gonna just keep working as a nurse and then retire and then look back and think well you know that was it although you know it was a brilliant career and I and I thought, no, I want to do more than this, you know, and I'm not getting any older. And that I sort of parked that. And then a few months later in the summer, um, my daughter and I love being creative. And I said, you know what, why don't we make some soap or some candles? And we bought a kit and we bought a candle kit in the end and um, made these candles. And I just loved it. Um, I loved the, um, the science behind it. I love the scent. I love watching it set. And then I saw, when I saw this first candle I made, I thought, oh, you know, what about a label? You know, yeah. and I started Googling labels and then, and that's how it started. Um, so just went from there really. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but no, <laughs> it, it makes sense. But I think what's so interesting that there was this sort of like general, sort of desire to have a business but but hazel and blue really came from creativity it came from like an afternoon experimenting with your daughter and it was a love of creating the thing that then sort of like 
met with the business side of things yeah I think you're right it was this hobby this making candles was something I was starting to really enjoy and then I would get all this feedback from family and friends and they would say you know you should consider selling it and I thought well actually let's give it a go and that's when it turned from sort of a hobby to sort of um sort of something on the side um and I did that for a couple of years alongside my um full-time role mm-hmm. in my in my job and yeah and that's sort of how it came about and so is that how you started you started sort of making the candles for friends and families and then sort of began to sell them is was it online or did you go into shops first of all yeah I, the first thing I actually did was a market um uh, locally um so there was a local market and I approached the person that ran it and just by chance she said actually I have a space um next month and it was January uh, because um she said you know not many makers like to sell in January they're all tired so there's a space so I went along was absolutely freaked out because I've never you know other than friends and family I'd never sold a candle to anyone else um but I went along and I heard you know what I absolutely loved it I was um just talking to people and telling them about the product and how I made it and I found like my alter ego because I'm quite I'm a bit of an introvert so but suddenly I'd turn into this extrovert you know during that time and no and um yeah I just loved having that interaction and getting that feedback and and I sold really well um so that was the first thing I did I would sell at this local market and then I set up an Etsy shop um and started to sell on there and I built uh, a customer base locally and that sort of just grew um, and then I think the following year I set up my own website um, and would started to sell sort of all over the UK. Um, so yeah, that's how it sort of, and then the shop, my first shop was a local shop. So um, I think I'd read somewhere is just to approach one of your local gift shops and, mm. you know, try things out because didn't know what I was doing really and I turned up with these candles and um, they said yeah so that's how I started in the shops. Um, amazing and then how what was the when did you decide to go full-time and to leave your um, your job as a nurse and what was what was that decision like to make? Yeah that um, happened you know, I'd always, I remember I was really happy juggling the both, I'll be honest. Um, I think my role was, um, was, was really progressing. Um, I was one of those lucky people that I didn't not like my job. I really liked my job, um, but I loved my business. But the, both of them worked really well. Um, and that went along for quite sort of a couple of years. And then almost two years ago I think it was the festive season it was the winter festive season of 219 and it was crazy like I was working uh at you know in my main job and then I'd come home and I'd make candles all night and then I'd go and do a market and then I would do 
in the weekends I did two other markets and I was bringing in all this sort of money yeah but I just had no time and I think Mm. I think I started to think then you know I really I really want to focus on this business because what I was lacking was was time and I had money Mm. but money meant nothing it meant nothing to me that sounds really bad but I wanted to have the lifestyle and the time to focus on the business so at the end of the season I think I just was exhausted I was working Mm. I was running the business and then I had lots of stockers suddenly say you know Becky would love to stop your candles I was running workshops Um, but the thing is I loved it I loved the business so I didn't mind doing it but I think my body was saying to me you know Becky it's time for you to just slow slow down so that sort of I think after the season I was just exhausted and I took a week out and it was during that week I felt made the decision to um, hand my notice in which was mm-hmm. um, so I did that and then I left my job a month later which and that will be two years in January yeah okay and was there a nervousness about leaving full-time employment no <laughs> okay no good <laughs> yeah no I was I think I'd worked I'd if I was being honest, I had saved enough money from that festive, yeah. that sort of period to live off for six months. I think I was strategically yeah. um, knew I had that in the bank. And I think that took the pressure off um, yeah. the nervousness. And I was so ready to do it. So I was really excited um, to be able to have the luxury of spending the time on the business. And also, I thought if I don't do this now, I, you know, I'm not giving this company the, the, the time that it needs. And if I give it the time, imagine what it will become. Mm. So I wasn't nervous. I was, um, I think it was like, you know, when you're working in a job, you obviously like, but you have this at the back of your mind, you have this, I was always worried. I was always anxious about, oh, I've got to perform. I've got, to, you know, I was so, mm. you know, I've got to deliver you know I was a manager so I was you know I enjoyed it but I was also like oh I've got to have this difficult conversation and I as soon as I handed my notice in the the elation I cannot tell you I was (laughs) I was I just felt free yeah 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 it was just it was the most and still is now I still pinch myself that I'm able to to work uh, for myself and run a business. Yeah, I cannot tell you, it's the most satisfying thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And how has Hazel and Blue sort of developed since then? Because you've launched candle making kits since, I I think I'm right in saying since then, Um, and a few other products as well. So how has this business sort of developed? Yeah, um, the candle making kits has been pivotal with the business. and really I think they that product has really helped grow the business and they came about soon after I left my job um so I left my job at the end of January and I was doing some workshops um and then what happened was at the end of the workshop one of my attendees pulled me aside and said I hope you don't mind but I was just wondering would you ever consider doing a candle making kit and I said, oh, no. I, she said, well, the thing is, if you had them here ready for us at the end of the workshop, we would buy them. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's, that's a really good idea. And 
And then just by chance, a couple of days later, I went to one of my stockers to drop off some um, candles and she said, Oh, Becky, have you ever thought about selling or making candle making kits? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's two people in a week. So it's a sign. (laughs) It's a sign. So within a month I had created this kit and when I was developing it, because there was nothing really else similar Mm. out there. And when I was looking into it, you know, I wanted to use um, all the ingredients I use. I wanted to use um, all the really beautiful, eco-friendly, sustainable, natural stuff. And there was nothing else similar at Mm. that point. And yeah, so I put it together and it did really, really well. And it probably, yeah, for me, I thought, well, at that point, I thought this, there's something really special with this. Um, and then I invested um, money into making it a bit more commercial because at that point it was, you know, it was lovely. It was very hazy and blue, but it needed a bit more sprucing up, you say. Mm. So I invested in some design and photography and um, I then launched it at the end of September. So not even a year ago. And then the business has just gone in a different direction um, since then. Yeah. So it's been, been amazing. Um, I mean, as someone who bought one of your candle making kits off the back of a workshop, your the the one was definitely right. Like it was, I was like, right out of my chair at the end being like, I'm getting one of them. Um, Because I think at the time you had kind of just started doing them. Um, But yeah, but I think it's interesting because I think it's part of, and I'm always slightly hesitant about talking about trends because I think that, you know, they do come and go, but I mean, I'm a big fan of, I, I buy stuff from Woolamagang, um, the sort of the, yes. the, the knitting and there mm. is something, and I think that there is this sort of trend and it's so, it's sort of counterintuitive in the sense that there is value in you making it yourself. Whereas I think previously the value was in someone else making it for you. Mm. There is now value in that process and you talk on your website about how you, you know, what you said to me before is that you love that, that, you know, by making, like people can make candles together and can kind of enjoy the process and it can be sort of like a shared moment. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, that's like, oh, it's such a major part of making kits and create, being creative is that as adults, we don't really have that time to be creative you know we're all busy we're all juggling jobs and and you know families and whatever and when we are able to be creative it sort of takes that pressure off and you can be free and I think you can share that as well you mean you could do it by yourself or you could perhaps do it with your um, mum or a friend and then that's your that that moment of discovering something, creating something is, and that sense of achievement, I think is priceless, you know? Mm. As, um, so um, yeah, I love the fact that people can create memories um, through the kits. Mm. And yeah. I also think we've become so separated from the things that we bring into our houses and the things that we use on an everyday. There is something, you know, and it's something that's come up in previous conversations I've had this series is, um, you know how important it is for us to sort of really value the things that we bring into our homes and I think that when you've made something yourself there is a you really do value it in terms of the 
um, ingredients and things that have gone into it in terms of resources that have been used to make it? Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, what, what, the, what ingredients and, and the processes you use is it's just part of the, the magic of creating something, um, creating something by yourself. And you think, actually, I've, I've created this, but I've used really lovely ingredients or materials or whatever. I think it, it gives that sense of actually this is something quite unique and special. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think you know, we th say you knitted um, a scarf or something. You think actually now I can treasure that and I can wear that and have that with me for forever. You know, that's mm. you know, and I love that you can continue to utilize whatever you've made. It's not a one sort of a one hit wonder thing. And and similar to the candle, you know, you can burn it for for weeks and then. Mm you know maybe re reuse it um if you want to but yeah. also it's a skill that you've then learned that you can then use to make more candles definitely you know it could even spark um some type of creativity um sort of period for you you know think well, actually I've, I've made a scarf now maybe i'll do some embroidery and i think it, it also it helps your i don't know for me it's like how makes me more content and that makes me a much more happier person because I've you know I've done something for me you mm. know mm. um and I think when you're a busy woman you're I think sometimes you're constantly giving to other people or your children or your business and you think actually we're, it's really important that you are able to fulfill your needs um and that's not being selfish I don't think that's just being no. um you know being good to yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah and you can't give from an empty cup essentially true yes you can't give yeah you have to fill the cup yeah and then yeah. the cup continues to fill itself yeah yeah exactly and so how else has the business changed um over the last sort of year or so is there, there are other products that you've launched as well yeah the business yeah i mean the kits you know i was lucky enough to then become um i'm not on the high street partner a oh, couple wow. of months yeah that was phenomenal i mean it, that was my dreams for a you know for a huge amount of time um so when i became a partner just like two weeks before christmas i just i just couldn't so i was smiling uh i was just so happy and i don't know some people have dreams of doing you know like when your business stopped in liberty or whatever mine was to be an honest high street partner so yeah so that was amazing and it just yeah not on the high street but they're amazing they're a great company to work with and you know they've really looked after me and the products and you know they've helped me grow um the business um so yeah that been fundamental and then from there i've you know things have just grown i've had um other you know big stockers come on board um i've created a lot more products um, over the spring and summer, which I'll be launching um, in the autumn winter. So I'm really excited about those. I've just signed up with another big company, which uh, obviously I'll be going live with them at the end of September. So yeah, I think the business, oh, I also moved into a studio in um, May. And so that was during COVID. So I, kept, I was quite quiet about that because I didn't want to, it was a strange time really so yeah yeah, we yeah. how how was how has 
COVID and lockdown affect your business? Because I'm guessing that the the desire for kits has probably there's been a good. I'm guessing a lot of people were quite interested in them. Yeah, this it was phenomenal. Like in March, um, I had probably the best month I've ever wow. had. It was I think it was Mother's Day, um, and I think when COVID you know, first came, I think it was the end of March. I think everyone. I think they probably thought, oh, I want to go home and make, you know. So, yeah, no, oh, I, yeah. yeah. I'll have all this time. And so they, like, I just had loads of people wanting to, um, so bought the kits and yeah, that was, it was really, really good. And I don't know, I think for me, I, I had a really good month. So I thought, oh, what, you know, I've always been one to then think, well, I want to invest back into the business. Mm. So I thought rather than hold on to this, um, I then use that investment or that profit to um, rent a studio. So I, you know, was able to rent it for six months. Mm. And um, so then I, so that's what sort of happened is I moved in in the May really quietly and was sort of full time in the studio a couple of weeks later. Yeah. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, oh, it's a really difficult one. I can see when you talk about like quietly is it was such and it still is really your time because for businesses, it's, it's like the scales have just like gone crazy. And like for some people, COVID and lockdown have been really beneficial to their businesses. And for other people, obviously not. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so difficult because, you know, I can kind of see your I can understand your hesitance, your hesitancy. Um, mm. to talk about it but th- you know yeah. it's just one of those things that like you just can't you know none of us could predict and has just you know it just kind of threw the scales all over the place I think yeah I was yeah, that's such a good point because I really felt that when I was moving in that it was such it was such a strange time and I was really feeling for there was a lot of people who were furloughed and weren't able to work or you know, businesses weren't were closing, and here I was, you know, moving into a new studio, and it just it, this sort of was an oxymoron for me. Mm. So I was feeling a bit, you know. So I sort of just wanted to move in quietly and and not, you know, sort of um, sh- show that I was doing well. But you know, I think when I did eventually um, tell customers and people that had moved in the response was really really lovely like they were like oh Becky and so yeah so I still haven't had a launch party because obviously I can't but yeah we could have we could have a socially distant one <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um yeah so I had a photo shoot this week as well like I'm gonna say that sounds a bit but no so I had someone come oh, to take yeah. take photos of the studio and um you know behind the scenes stuff but um, like one of the rooms in the studio was an absolute tip. So, <laughs> so actually what it did, it spurred me on to get the second room ready. So yeah. So okay. the studio's looking, it's looking okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh good. I'm looking forward to seeing the photos and to seeing it in person. Hopefully at yes, some point. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, but obviously with, um, you know, with a product-based business says um, there's a product that, you know, that there's a creating that and then there is, the business side of things and I think that you know that's something that I think you you have done incredibly 
well with not only creating a beautiful product, but also in the sort of the marketing and the, you know, the getting it into places. And I just wondered how you, how, how do you find that? Do you enjoy the, the marketing as much as the creating or is it definitely, you know, something you kind of have to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really important that as a small business, you, you know, part of the, part of the business is you have to market your product because um, you know you don't have a big pots of money and that tends to be something that you have to do as as the um, creator and owner but actually there's something special in that as well so you know you are able to talk about your products um, you're able to talk about your techniques and your processes and I think that's really special for me I would be I suppose social media I don't use social media in my personal life um, I mean, I'm, I don't tend to post often. I am an introvert. And I think I've always sort of struggled with doing that side of things, although I know it's necessary. And I actually really enjoy doing it. And I've met some really amazing people. I, you know, would, you know, even writing a post, I don't think many people know, you know, it takes me an hour to mm. write. I mean, it takes me an hour. I just over think it's not a natural thing you know and I always would look at people's posts and think oh I wish I could just do that you know write it and then but um maybe other people similar to me but yeah I'm it's something I you know I enjoy doing but sometimes I have to really you know once I'm on there I love engaging with people but it's I do it's something that I have to work on yeah I'll be honest. Mm. I, th yeah. I don't think I think a lot of people are like you I don't think I think sometimes it's easy to just kind of look at the captions and think oh that took that must have taken five minutes to write but I know I spend quite a long time writing mine and mm. I know a lot of other people do as well um, yeah. so and I think that you know that what you said about you know about being an introvert I think there I think there are a lot of us who who do struggle with the social media side of things and as you say like like engaging but I think you know I'm kind of leading us back to something we were talking about just before we started recording that I'm really keen to kind of you know um talk about a bit more is that we were talking about um you know like that, that there's a perhaps a pressure to you know that I think we both sometimes feel to sort of to shout a bit louder about our businesses and how we feel like that's the kind of the the way we have to do things and how you know, and how we've both learned that it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of noise on social media and there's also not a lot of noise. And mm. sometimes the people that get a lot of attention are the people that make a lot of noise. And mm. it's sometimes, you know, they grab my attention. But equally as a small business um those people that make a lot of noise i mean it's not it's nothing it's just that they're more active and more visible and that's what we're told to do so they're probably not yeah. doing anything we're not told not to do it's just maybe it's something that i'm not as good at um doing yeah but i think it's also reframing that so it's not that you're not good at it it's that you're doing it in it in your own way and that mm. they're doing it in their way and that's absolutely fine mm. 
but I see this a lot with my clients is sort of like feeling like, oh, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at selling. I'm not very good at being on social media, but actually they're better at it than they think. They're just not doing it how they think they should be doing it. You're absolutely right. And I think you, when you're first starting out, particularly, I remember when I was starting, there was uh, quite a lot of information and, and quite, quite, quite a lot, quite a lot, it was a, a load of information and you start to get overwhelmed with everything. Mm. Um, but, you know, try every, and I tried so many different courses and I did take bits from each thing I did. So I did, you know, found some value in them. But I think there is so much, you know, different information. And sometimes the best thing to do is just be yourself. And it's mm. so hard when you've got all these other people who you follow and admire who are much bigger businesses than you and you see them just being so charismatic and so um comfortable in front of the camera but it just takes time I think you've got to like you've just said you've got to figure out what you're comfortable with and um it just will come I think I think my way of doing it is just I'll pop up and do a uh, I don't even know the word when you talk to the camera, talk to yeah. camera on, on stories, maybe once a week, maybe once a fortnight. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think maybe I need to probably be a bit more consistent, but that's something I need to probably work on. But, you know. But also your business is growing and you're doing very well. And I think that that's, you know that shows that what you are doing is working mm, yeah for sure and so and I also think that what you said again just before we started recordings you said something that really that I thought was um is you said that there is and I think that we think that there's like the confidence is in sort of showing up and shouting but you said actually there's a confidence in being quiet and in trusting that you have a good product and that the right people will find it and that you're just going to kind of keep you know doing your thing yes yeah I mean my you know I really believe if you've got a really great product um and you you know products aren't just just you know made it does take time to create if you have a really good product it sells itself Mm. and you still are able to be successful without you know being online all the time and I think it there takes an amount of self-belief in your product and in yourself that you don't have to be online all the time um mm-hmm. i mean there are certain periods when you want to be online maybe when you're launching or when you're growing but um yeah i think that for me certainly i i'm not an active i'm not on all the time but um you know my product's done you know really it's done it's done okay yeah I, I think I think we can say I think we can say okay I think we can say more than okay Becky <laughs> I love how I love how modest you are um but I think I think you are I think that you are I just think that you are proof about that but I also think that you show up online in a really authentic way that doesn't feel forced and that that like the the enthusiasm you have for your products just shines through and I think that that goes a long way as well yeah oh thanks for I think also like I haven't got the biggest amount of followers but you also it's, it's one of those things, like I don't really mind like it, it's like when I first started I was like oh I've got to get uh, you know 500 a thousand but 
you know, I think it's about the followers you do have. Mm. That they are your people. Oh, that's I don't say it's your people, but they are mm. the people that you engage with, and they're really important to me. Like um, those two and a half thousand people I have, you know, when they comment on my grids, I just love it because yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's about quality. That's what I'm going to say, rather than quantity. <laughs> yeah. People might argue with me on that one, but there you go. <laughs> no, I think I I. We, I know I completely and utterly agree with that and I think that having a small group of people who are enthusiastic and passionate about your product is far more valuable than having a large group who are apathetic but kind of like nah you know mm. I think that's that's where the value really is and so what what advice would you give to someone starting their own product-based business yeah um I would say that really build your foundations of what it is you want to do like really understand what you want to achieve i think at the beginning you're not quite sure but if you have a really good product or products then go and get you know go take put it out into the universe and see what feedback you get because you might think it's brilliant and your friends and family might think it's brilliant because they do mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually the people that end up buying it uh, your consumer it's those people that will really dictate whether this product is successful or not and I think it's really important to get feedback quite early on um, mm. because part of growing and starting a business is producing something that a, the customer wants so mm. you know if you can go to a market you know and do you know like even if you're an introvert like me like just go along and you'll be surprised how fun it is and interact with customers and 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 chat to them about what you do and hear what they've got to say about it so Mm. yeah definitely I think markets can be so valuable because you get that feedback and you get those conversations and it's a chance to kind of really you know like as you say to talk to people and talk to people who are thinking of buying and who are buying and I think early on, that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, sometimes when you're just starting, you don't really have those sort of external people around you. You just have your internal sort mm. of group. And that's really key is to go out and talk to potential customers about your product. And, and then, you know, they'll come back to you. So if you do another mm. market the following month, they're like oh hi and then you start building that relationship um i would also say one of the things i used to because i was working as well it wasn't that much of a problem but you know there was times when i thought oh you know you you've got to have weeks where you don't sell a thing Sorry. Mm. and i think it's about during those times you know you're not suddenly going to be successful i mean i mean maybe there are companies that are really successful straight away um but it does take time so during that time like do things like um, work out your pricing, work out the packaging, um, mm. sample some things, um, build your Etsy web, you know, Etsy shop, um, maybe do a course, you know, those type of things. Um, if you're really determined and focused, you will achieve, you know, and if the product sells well as well. So you could be determined mm. and focused, but the product's not very good. But I think those two really need to be aligned I yeah. think that's I think that's really important something that perhaps sometimes people shy away from 
talking about is that I think that, you know, the, the product has to be something that people want, yes. want to buy. And sometimes I think it's very difficult because as you said, like you really love a product and your people are around you all saying how great it is, but that's not enough. And I think that it's, um, I sometimes see people get too attached to their products and yeah. hold on to them too tightly. And I think that sort of having the sort of, you know, holding onto it a little bit more lightly and just kind of looking at ways in which you can sort of, you know, pivot or adjust or move forward is really, is really important. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because the customer, you know, I think it goes back to my nursing um, is that obviously when I used to nurse patients, they were at the heart, at the core of what I did. Mm -hmm. And I was like an advocate so basically they they sort of I was there just to to, to care for them based on mm. what they wanted and it's similar to when you run a business it's um the customers at the heart of what I do and the products that I make so if my customers are buying my products there must be there's a reason for that um mm. it's so um, you know, and also when you're creating something, you you are creating for your customer, not for the whole world, you know, because mm. every product will have sort of this core base of people that really, really love what you do. So I always like to like check in with customers or go on stories. So I do like doing is asking questions and mm. I love feedback. And I think if you can use use utilize some way of gaining feedback, if it, say if you're an online business through uh, newsletters or or even social media then I would really um you know implement that because that's mm. I think that's really really important yeah, yeah. I agree. and what what are the sort of the future plans for hazel and blue if you don't mind don't mind me asking being nosy yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you have any other I, products in the pipeline um I've got yeah like I've got a really so there's a couple of things coming up obviously I've got the launch of these I've got like four or five products maybe six I've um I'm joining I'm working, I'm going to be working with another new company soon. Um, I, you know, I really also have been thinking about, and this is probably another conversation we'll have outside of this around niching, mm. something I'm really, I'm really thinking about at the moment. Um, and it's probably looking at after the busy season, looking in January about, you know, where I want to take the business. Cause I think another key thing about when you run a business is you, always constantly got to look ahead mm. uh, and you've got to constantly evaluate what you sell and what's the best seller and maybe do more of that type of thing and yeah so I sort of see the business moving into sort of niching a bit more without saying too much <laughs> yeah niching into something and being you know being that go-to place for for, for um for the you know for, for the products yeah okay for, yeah. Oh, you've, you've got me really intrigued. I'm now really looking forward to coming over and having coffee with you and talking. Um, so, you know, and uh, finding out what your, uh, what your, what your plans are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think you are, I think you are right. And I think especially with something, you know, there are a lot of um, candle makers out there. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think that's sort of, you know, and I think that as you said, like finding your people and then, you know, a niching within that is a really um, clever way to go. 
definitely um and i think once you've found something that oh you've got to be passionate about it. like i love the kits so much um mm. i love the way they are designed i just i just i'm so proud it's like a child i'm so proud of them. <laughs> and and i think that passion yeah. um just pulls you along you know because mm. you, you you want people to see them and and then be you know enjoy them and discover candle making and the joy that it gives me and i hope it gives you and mm. i think if you're passionate about something it, it will really pull you along your journey as a small business owner yeah yeah um that's really quite a nice sort of um thought to um sort of begin to wrap up on so i always ask ask all my clients all my clients or my I've, I've, <laughs> it's friday what, one day Fiona, you'll, i'll be your client <laughs> that was that was me just sort of subtly putting that in there <laughs> January okay <laughs> oh, I can't I can't wait I'm so I'm every time you say this to me I'm like please come on I'm just so I'm so excited um yeah so anyway I asked all of my guests <laughs> um what is the um hardest thing about living life a little differently for you um hardest thing look I don't I, I'm not sure there is anything hard about I don't <laughs> I love that. Um, I think you're the yeah. first person who said that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy the way I live. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, hindsight, I wish I was around. I wish I'd done this a bit sooner. Um, and I was, I was a bit around for my children um, when they were younger. But then I think I have to, my children don't, didn't know any different and they you know that turned out fine so but i think going forward no i'm it's nothing hard no i really enjoy i really enjoy what i, I do i love that as an answer um and what is the best thing for you um the absolute contentment um of living a life i've always wanted to live and i cannot tell you this i all my most of my anxiety has gone um I am just so contented I love coming into work I love what I do and I think because of my business has given me I think I'm a better person outside of you know in my home and with my children I'm more present and I think that is the best thing about living differently mm. that it's yeah. that it's it's making that one decision that then has a knock-on effect yes on so yeah. many other areas of your life so many other areas like all my you know work anxiety i used to have all that rushing around it's just completely gone like mm. you know i can sometimes like when i'm working and i think oh, i want to take the afternoon off to do that and i think oh i don't you know it's really funny i don't have to ask anyone yeah <laughs> So it's just small things like that. But in general, I feel like I'm much more present. I'm certainly more happier and I can be myself. Like I really think I struggled to, to really be who I am. And I think this business has enabled me to be that, be the person that, that I've always been. Yeah. Oh, Becky, that's lovely. <laughs> that's, so, that's such a, that's so, that's so lovely. And thank you so much um, for talking to me today. I absolutely loved it. Um, and you know that I'm like Hazel Wu's biggest fan. I just, I can't wait to see what you do next. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me, Fiona. I really love chatting. one of Becky's gorgeous candles or candle making kits you can do so at hazelandbluecandles.co.uk and you can follow her on Instagram hazel underscore and blue. I'll be back next Monday with another conversation about living life a little differently so please do listen then. In the meantime I'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast and perhaps follow me over on Instagram as well at fbarrows. If you have any thoughts on this interview or the podcast in general then please do send me an email. You can find my address on my website www.fianabarrows.com. Thank you again so much for listening. Take care.